Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome to episode eight of The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and with me today are a couple of my friends, Ryan and Josiah. Hey, guys. Hey. What's up? I'm so glad that you're here. Ryan, won't you start and introduce yourself? My name is Ryan Campbell. Um, I'm married to Christy, and we have five children. We've been married for 26 years, lived here in the U.S., and then spent eight years abroad working as um, missionaries, but back here in the U.S. now. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Glad to be here. Josiah? Hey, uh, my name is Josiah. I'm married to Allie. We've been married for two years. Um, Ryan, I'm young enough to be your kid, <laughs> 25. <laughs> um, yeah, and I work at the River with youth and college students. Well, I'm so glad that you guys are here. And just as we get started, I want to ask you this question. And uh, I didn't prepare you for it, but here it is. What does walking with Jesus, or you can call it spending time with the Lord, what does that look like for you? Well, for me, um, I've been a believer since I was 13, and it wasn't until I really entered college that I feel like I really began um, walking with the Lord Mm -hmm. intimately. Um, That looks like opening my Bible and um, praying and um, just trying to sift and sort through what God's Word has for me every day. To me, um, as a father, it's trying to take what I've learned from God's Word and living that out in practical ways in front of my kids, as well as in front of my wife, um, recognizing that I'm not perfect and I'm going to mess it up. You're not perfect? I It might be breaking news, but not perfect. <laughs> so um, if you were to live inside my house, you would realize that <laughs> quickly. Um, my children would be quick to tell you that as well. But um, that, to me, that's what it is to walk with the Lord, yeah. to have a relationship with Him. Mm. He's given us this book to um, live by, to understand what He wants us to live by um, through it, and um, trying to really just pull out things that I can um, live in a way that is pleasing to him. Yeah. Thanks. Josiah, what about you? What does walking with the Lord, walking with Jesus look like for you? Man, I, I would have said I started walking with Jesus when I was really young, like six or seven, but I didn't really start spending time with him. And uh, Eugene Peterson says to follow Jesus is to go where he's going. And I didn't really start doing that until I was about almost 20. So like in the last five years. So it's took really different as I've figured it out there's different like spiritual practices that come in and out of that but I think the biggest thing for me is striving for intimacy with God every day I sit and take a minute to figure out where I am and offer that to God and like I read a psalm let it become my prayer for the day and then I open my bible and read whatever I'm reading that day and and ask God to show me how it applies to my life and and then I try and go where he's going and do what he does. Yeah. Yeah. I like how, how both of you uh, talked about some element of intimacy with hmm. with the Father. And I think sometimes we miss that. I think it's easy to talk about 
walking with the Lord and just saying, okay, well, you gotta, you gotta have this quiet time. You gotta do this. You gotta go to church. You need to serve somewhere. And I think we could do all of those things potentially and still miss out on an intimate relationship with the Lord. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. I think I constantly find myself wanting to find my, who I am lost in who he is. Hmm. Like that's, that's when my life is sweetest. I think it can be a very, you can do exactly what you're talking about. It can be a checklist of things and go through these actions and really miss out on the intimacy. I mean, I could do that with my wife as well. I can just be a, a provider and the father and the husband, but miss out on the intimacy. So if I lay that over my relationship with Christ, man, you don't want to miss that because yeah. it's it's richer. It's like getting fruit from strictly from the garden versus just buying it in a place where it's growing in a, from a greenhouse or right. inside a greenhouse. So yeah. um, the checklist, just getting it from the greenhouse. Hmm. But if you are intimately and willing to be intimate with the Lord, he is waiting to do that. And so the benefit of it is much greater. Yeah, I like that picture. So you'd say intimacy with the Lord is organic. Ooh, that's a, yeah, that's the word. <laughs> I'm just kidding, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word. Yeah, but I do think that it is very difficult uh, to separate intimacy with Jesus and walking with him from the scriptures. I think the scriptures are uh, a big part of that. You think so? Oh, absolutely. I love my Bible. And anyone who spends time with me probably, <laughs> probably hates how much I love my Bible. Mm. Uh, some of us might even call uh, Josiah a Bible nerd. Thank you. I'm, ta- I'm tapping out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some have even said it about myself uh, as well. So we are reading through the Bible uh, together as a church body. And part of the purpose of this podcast is as we engage with that to find more and more ways to talk about the things that are jumping off the page to us. And we are using uh, the Daily Bible in chronological order. And so if you've been tracking with us this week, uh, there are some big things going on. Uh, We see Joshua being named as Moses' successor to lead the people into the land that had been promised by God way back to to Abraham, but it's also uh, really a throwback to the very beginning and when God had placed man and woman in the garden, uh, we get to see part of uh, the boundaries of the promised land, which, Josiah, you, you said something interesting about that when we were talking through there. Uh, yeah, there's some rivers in Eden that create some boundaries for uh, the garden and that Eden space. And if you follow those rivers, um, the New American Standard Bible commentary from 95 will tell you. Other, that's the only place I've found that will say what goes. So that's that's for free. But uh, the boundaries for the promised land are the marked by some of those rivers and geographic locations. And as we go through the story, Joshua and the people actually don't fulfill what they are told to take. And Israel never does, except for a short period during King Solomon. Hmm. What plays into some like really cool messianic 
Eden literature stuff when we get to that point. If you keep your eyes open, you will see so many things that are a tie back to either the garden or mm. that are pointing forward to Jesus. Oh, yeah. Like take a highlighter and just underline everything that has to do with water and trees. And it's all over the place. Yeah. The Bible's cool. Some would agree. Amen. <laughs> uh, we get to read, uh, we, we have gotten to read this week the, the first several chapters of, of Deuteronomy, uh, which is kind of like Moses' final address uh, to the people. And there is so much in there. Uh, I'm sure we'll pull out uh, some more things from that, but there's just a whole lot of, of Moses reminding the people where they've come from and and where they're headed and God's desire for them in that. And then we get to see the beginning of uh, some of the religious and the ceremonial laws, things that uh, we've, we've mentioned in the past couple of weeks of how this daily Bible is not necessarily in the book order uh, that you would just open up maybe your normal Bible, but yet it's going to take a lot of these laws and put them into categories so that you're kind of reading them together. You don't necessarily have to read all of the uh, all of the places where it repeats itself. And so we're in the beginning of that, and then the next couple of weeks we're going to uh, be walking through a lot of these laws. But first, we get to see the uh, some of the religious and the ceremonial laws. We get to talk about Sabbath a little bit, uh, which I think is is something... Just as a culture, we uh, we we don't truly fully understand, and then we see the institution of these five different festivals: uh, the festival of unleavened bread or the Passover, uh, the festival of harvest or weeks or first fruits. It's used uh, uses different names in in a couple of different places, but the, those three are all the same thing: uh, the festival of trumpets, the Day of Atonement, which there's a whole lot of imagery in the in the Day of Atonement uh, that uh, I just love. the The idea of the scapegoat just so jumps out to me. Yeah, it's super um, cool. And then we have the Festival of Shelters or Tabernacles or Booths, which I love. This festival, it's kind of like God saying, "Hey, guys, go camping and feast for a week." <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, um, yeah, just go have some fun. Yeah, and. I think that I think that's a good point uh, to make is that God is a God of joy and celebration, and He wants His people to walk in that, to mm-hmm. walk in joy, remembering sure. who He was for sure. Yeah. And and He's very intentional, and that was part of Him giving them so many of these things. Is just saying, look, this is a picture of who I am and who you are to be as my people. That's kind of a general recap. But there are things that often just jump out to each of us. So I want to uh, to ask you guys, Josiah, let's start with you. What is something from the reading this week that really has jumped off the page to you? Man, really just the amount that Moses urges the people just to remember. Will you remember? Remember what God's done. He, uh, I constantly am brought back to Exodus 19, which he's alluding to, or like, God's presence shows up on Mount Sinai and the the burning bush has now become a burning mountain. Mm. Like God's presence is this 
massive fiery mountain that's on fire but not burning and this thunderstorm and the ground shaking it terrifies them like the people are sitting there waiting and they're like you know what uh i know we were supposed to go all all of us were going to go up there but moses you should you should go up there and we'll we'll stay here where it's safe because if we go up there we'll die god says you know you're not wrong yeah and and the amount that he alludes to that story for me helps set up why they do what they do as we read the laws because it's remember God's holiness. Remember how, how good and pure and loving he was. And if anything that wasn't that came into his presence, it was consumed. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we can overemphasize his desire there in Exodus 19. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but that his desire for them was to be a kingdom of priests. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's so pivotal to the story. Like it's Moses becomes the ideal of what the whole people of Israel was supposed to be in that in those short chapters and the rest of the biblical story leaves you waiting for that moment leaves you coming back going well is this the moment that we're going to become that thing or or not until ultimately Jesus comes along yeah uh, you mentioned that in that address and how he's he's talking about hey you guys remember this remember this don't forget this uh are there any specific things that that you remember from that 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 you're like, oh yeah, this is what he's saying, remember. The biggest thing to me was how good God's presence was. At the end of chapter 11 in Deuteronomy, he's calling them to remember that moment on the on the mountain and how like powerful God's presence was and the choice they had. And he says, I'm giving you a choice to choose a blessing or choose a curse. Mm. And... And to me, it just constantly, it, it made me reflect on, man, I need to remember what God's doing in my life and also choose to either live in the trust of remembering who he is and choose blessing or to be really foolish and choose to do yeah. things my own way. Because yeah. so much of that that he's talking about is, well, this is what you had the opportunity for but this is what you did. Yeah, yeah, you kind of <laughs> messed it up. You didn't, you... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that blessing and curse is really kind of is a throwback to what God had promised to Abraham. Yeah, and that whole story with Jacob and Isaac and Joseph and this whole blessing-curse narrative that plays throughout Genesis. Yeah, and God's desire to to bless, right? Yeah, his yeah. deepest longing from the beginning of creation is to bless humanity. Mm. There's a section in this, um, in Deuteronomy 8, where uh, he's saying, don't forget, beware in your plenty that you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commandments. Um, what he's saying is there's going to be, there's going to be a time of plenty. Yeah. And in the plenty, don't lose sight or focus. And Moses, I mean, he's forward thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget about the blessings, but also when you are living in the blessings, woohoo, don't forget about me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. here, the don't one Don't think who this was is the, something that you've done. Right. Yeah. Right. When, he says when God when God's giving you all these all these things and you're in the, the land of rest, uh-huh. which plays into so many of the Sabbath laws and yeah. Eden imagery again. But he says when you're in your when you're in that land, don't think, oh, yeah, God gave us this because we were so good. He's like, no, you're not, but he is. 
our God is a great giver. Mm-hmm. Um, and so often we, we get puffed up about it. Oh, look at this, these blessings. And we stop to give thanks yeah. and to re- reminisce about um, those blessings. Um, Since you, you brought up kind of where he takes everybody there, I love this reminder. He, he gives them in, it's in Deuteronomy 10. I just want to read this. It's, it's kind of his, uh, his depiction of this is who God is. Uh, he says, for the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him like that. You must cling to him. Your oaths must be in his name alone. He alone is your God, the only one who is worthy of your praise, the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. When your ancestors went down into Egypt, there were only 70 of them, but now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. I don't know that I've ever noticed such a beautiful depiction of God and his character as that. It's what makes the... Deuteronomy is the last book in the the Pentateuch or the Torah, and it's it's probably one of my favorite books in the Old Testament because it's this this guy who walked so close with God that he, it changed the way he looked, and it's his perspective on everything God's done. Yeah, and in the process, what I feel like he's doing is trying to instill all that he has been taught or all that he has learned and gleaned from this intimate relationship yeah. with the father yeah. Yeah. to his children. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful picture, beautiful picture of what God has done to us and then to myself. So I'm going to take the moment and say what I've gleaned from this is a really important um, piece or what I kind of pull out as a children's pastor um, the one thing that I really have tried to do is um, choose one thing to instill in parents and to pass this message on, and that is to do what is being charged of um, the Israelites in Deuteronomy 6. And that is when Moses is saying that he's given the Shema, that you are to love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And um, and you're to teach these things to your children when you sit, when you walk. Yeah. And um, that is one thing that in doing what I do that I've tried to, um, to pass along. It's beneficial, obviously. It's in the Word of God. <laughs> and Moses <laughs> is saying, if this is going to continue, it's going to continue through you, how do stories yeah. from back, how do they get passed along from generation to generation? Yeah. It's through us telling retell them, them and retelling them. Yeah. And this, love your Lord, your God, with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's really what this is all about. Every day living as a follower of Jesus, to love the Lord, your God, 
with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that is what he's saying to these adults to do to their children, making sure that um, as we do this every day with our kids and not stopping, not, oh, we've always talked, we've talked about that. So, okay, we see they're a teenager. We've stopped talking about it. No, we continue to talk about it. If anything, you got to ramp it up. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right, right. Um, (laughs) Parenting young adults is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) Yes. So you cannot forget that. Making it the cadence of your your walk with Christ, the do's and the don'ts and the traditions and the practices, um, you can get bogged down in that. Yeah. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, yes. when you're going to bed, mm-hmm. when you're getting up, tie them to your hands, wear them on your forehead as reminders, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Right. And I love, he actually repeats it again In 11. A, a few chapters lever, yeah. uh, later. You're talking about these things. You're, you're remembering what the Lord has done. You're, and I was thinking as you were talking about that you know, with your kids, but we should be with our friends. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. You yes. Know? It should be with our friends. And I wonder how, how many of us just in our everyday conversations and our everyday interactions, how much are we? Do you remember what God did mm-hmm. two years ago? You know, Never. Right. Instead, you, we're constantly looking at the next thing we have to get done. Right. Yeah. We're always... Have you seen a children's show when your children are preschoolers? There is a ton of repetitiveness in it. And so as you're as they're watching it huh. and you're in the background doing life and housework or whatever it is, you're like, oh, if they say that one more time, <laughs> that is going to be the one thing that's caused me to have a meltdown. I can't take it anymore. Or you just go over and hit the stop button. Um, it's as if people in television extracted something from the Bible because (laughs) they saw this principle of repetitiveness. Repetitiveness brings change in us. That's why the word of God, I think, says daily, come to me, Mm -hmm. seek my face. It's the repetitiveness in it that brings the change for all of us. And that's the change that we want to um, experience within our children's lives as we teach them to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So thinking about Moses' charge to the people there in Deuteronomy 6, and then he repeats it again in, in, in chapter 11, uh, to remember these things, to keep them on your minds, to think about them, to talk about them when you get up and you lie down. How, what does that look like in just our lives every day and in our relationships? Well, practically as a father... Um, it can be as formal, if you want to make it formal, as calling all the kids to the living room and sitting down and having a family worship, not like a full-on worship service, you know, where there's music, and but just kind of opening the Bible um, where you are in your reading and um, asking questions, retelling the story, asking questions. For me, practically right now, what it looks like with um, my... 14-year-old is a lot of times on the way to school in the morning Mm -hmm. as we just start talking and things come up. It's just me always kind of redirecting it back to God Mm -hmm. and how can he recognize how he can redirect what's whatever the topic is we're talking about, redirect it back to God. 
Um, sometimes it's around the dinner table, just a general conversation. Then all of a sudden, you know, maybe you have something in your mind, um, just trying to get your um, conversation pointed toward these things. Um, I, I think it doesn't have to be so formal and so hard and you have to have an object lesson. It takes a lot of time and a lot of people just aren't giving that much time. But I think what we need to remember is putting the, the principle into practice and bringing it before our kids no. all the time. No. Conversations and questions. Right? Basically, as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Josiah? I think for me, it might just be more the way I'm wired. It's like I have, I have to take steps to let it become part of who I am. Because it... Definitely. Because then I'll naturally share it instead of... Now it takes a certain level of discipline to get to that place. But for me, that's what the importance of my quiet time is. And like picking moments. Like I used to think it was kind of cheesy just because it's what I grew up around to like pray at every meal. It was like, yeah. it's because you, it's what you do. And I'm like, that doesn't it can seem, seem contrived. Right. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't really seem like just because that's what you do. That's what you do. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that totally. you don't do things just because that's what you do. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I don't think Josiah is the only person in this world that lives that way. Not at all. And I think that's something that we as a church really need to begin to hone in on. Mm. Just because it, if it's not right, don't do it. That really doesn't translate Mm. to today's guys. Yeah, there's enough. There's enough people yelling at the stuff you need to do and don't do. But we need to equip people to make choices. And I've I've just learned. Like my quiet time is so important because the grounding point for my day. Yeah. Those psalms become moments that I come back to and I remember what God taught me. And if I ever have a moment in the day where I was like, well, I stopped, you know, am I coming? Am I going? Am I laying down? Am I, am I standing up? It was, it's like, oh, I'm having trouble remembering what I read this morning. I can pull up in a psalm. And it's a reminder of my prayer for the day, a reminder of my heart posture for the day. And and I'm not great at it, but mealtimes on and off become a time where I sit and just take 30 seconds and go, wait, what did I read this morning? Let me take a moment to bring who I am now back into that space. That may be practical or not yeah. practical. but No, I think so. And I was, I was thinking about you and something you actually do really well. Uh, is is you write out the things you're processing, the things you're what they call it journaling or whatever you call it, but yeah. as a part of your time with the Lord, writing out is a yeah. is a big part of that. Yeah, I'm an external processor for sure, and so writing is a it really helps me formulate my thoughts. Yeah, when I take our our seven year old on the days that I take him to to school, um, we got in the habit of just praying together. And one thing, and I'll ask him what he wants to pray about. He'll ask me, and then he prays, and then I pray. And uh, as I pray, one of the, this has become a prayer to me uh, or for me uh, just about every day. And it helps me kind of focus in. And my prayer is that, Father, would you center my heart and my mind on you today? Would you help me? to know the love of Jesus and be expression of his love to those around me and everything that I do and I say and I speak today, would you help me to do all of that, say all of that, speak all of that through the filter of of your spirit today? 
and it's become this thing that that I know and Joel is actually starting to pick up on it too and he'll say some of those little phrases but even though it's it's a it's it is almost a routine thing but it does it helps me center my heart and my mind on him yeah and i think it's i think and even as we go into the laws with any spiritual practice having the purpose and remembering the purpose is the way you fight against the mundane mm-hmm. and that to me like was why that moment in Exodus 19 that Moses keeps referring back to and saying, remember, remember, is so grounding, especially as we go into the next two weeks of just reading laws and remembering, oh, this is because of God's holiness. This is because of who he is and what he did for us and who we are. And remembering why we do what we do protects us from from the mundane and the, the checking boxes. Do you remember where they placed the tabernacle? The center of the king. Right in the center. Yep. And that's a principle that really what you're saying is that we keep it. It's it's centering me. Yeah. His presence is the center of our lives. Right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, guys, thank you for being a part today. It's fun. Thanks Absolutely. And I, I almost feel like we're just getting going. Like mm-hmm. we could <laughs> we could talk for <laughs> hours uh, for for a while on a lot of this stuff because. Man, God is so amazing, and and His Word uh, truly are the the words that that we live by. So mm-hmm. thanks for being a part. Absolutely, thanks. Thank for, you. Thanks yeah. for having me. And as we always do, thank uh, the River Community Church for giving us this opportunity uh, to do something that we love to sit around and talk about about the Bible. And if you would like to check out more about the river, you can go to theriverCC.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.